0: The Holy Gospel according to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, You are the salt of the earth. But if salt has lost its taste, how can its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything, but it is thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built on a hill cannot be hid. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. The Gospel of the Lord.
1: My dear brothers and sisters, I bring you grace and peace from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. As you have heard, both in the Gospel reading and from Trisha's children's message, the Gospel today begins with those famous words from Jesus to the multitudes, You are the salt of the earth, and those words are still familiar to us today, um, as if to prove that point, on Friday, I think it was Friday in the Star Tribune, there was an obituary for Herb Chilstrom, who was the first presiding bishop of uh, the ELCA, the denomination of which St. Philip Deacon is a part, and in that obituary, the current presiding bishop described him as a, quote, salt of the earth Minnesotan. And my question to you, to start is, what do you think is meant by that? This is not hypothetical. If you have an idea, feel free to respond. What does it mean to say someone is salt of the earth? <laughs> <laughs> what? Humble. humble, humble. Okay. Everyday kind of guy. Kind of guy. Shares God's word. Shares God's word. Okay, the choir. You're. Uh, <laughs> Very active. Have you heard this before? <laughs> All of those are any any other ideas? Those are the kind of things I would expect uh, people to say. <clears throat> and humble is a word that I assumed would come up. Down to earth, you know, doesn't think too highly of him or herself. And the, the, the second question I would ask, and you don't have to respond to this, but is as Jesus was starting his ministry, and that's when this um, speech takes place early in his ministry. He's been preaching, has been healing. Large crowds are starting to follow him. When he says to those crowds, folks, you are the salt of the earth, do you think what he's trying to say is be humble, be down to earth? Maybe in part, Uh, But I think there's more to it than that. And by the way, I'm not knocking the phrase that we use today. Um, The way we use it is just fine. I'm just saying if that's all we think about when we read the words coming out of Jesus' mouth, I think we're missing something. Now, what I want to do today is I want to do a couple things. One, I want to lift up a few, not all, but a few of the ways that salt was both used and understood in the ancient world, which helps us, at least, get a sense of what Jesus might have been getting at. And then I wanna share with you um, the way that I tend to think of that phrase, we are the salt of the earth as Christians, that I found to be helpful in my own understanding of how we go about our our, uh, faith life in the world. Um, And I will tell you too, there is uh, disagreement is maybe too strong a word, but there are a lot of different uh, readers of the Bible, um, interpreters of the Bible, who come at this in a lot of different ways, so there's not a single uh, correct interpretation of what the salt of the earth mean, and so I'm just proposing to you a few handles to get at it. So First again, some of the ways that salt was used or understood in the ancient world. The first uh, was as a preservative. You probably know they did not have refrigerators in ancient Israel, and so they needed to preserve the food, and salt was an important way to do that. So understood that way, part of what Jesus might have been saying is, folks, what we're talking about here, this kingdom of God, this kingdom of heaven, uh, God's love for all people, is an important message that needs preservation. And as the salt of the earth, I'm hoping that all of you who are listening to me today will help to preserve it. Second way salt was used in the ancient world, I got a little bit of feedback about this after the, after the first sermon uh, or the first service, is as fertilizer, um, and I double-checked, and that is in fact uh, uh, true. In the ancient world it was used in appropriate amounts <laughs> as part of fertilizer, so it wasn't like they were pouring Morton's salt over their crops, but it was used uh, as a part of the matrix of fertilizers that they used. Understood that way, part of what Jesus may be saying is, hey folks, what we're talking about here needs nourishment. It needs sustenance. It's small and uh, needs help as it grows. And as my followers, as my listeners, you can help to do that. You can be the fertilizer that will help it to grow. The third and final way, and again, there are many other ways salt was used, but Third way I will lift up that salt was used in the ancient world was medicinally, for example, as an astringent. Um, And understood that way, maybe Jesus was saying to his people, hey, everyone, the world is broken. It's fallen. It's unhealthy. You, my followers, can help to heal the world, okay? So preserve the message, um, nurture the message, Uh, heal the world. All of those, I think, are part of what Jesus is getting at. Now, the the one use of salt I haven't mentioned, and this is the one I want to share with you that is how I think about this, and this also, of course, would have been a way that people in the ancient world used salt, was as a, a seasoning in food. And I find this way of thinking about it to be particularly helpful. So when we think about salt as something that seasons food, Uh, a couple of thoughts. One, when we put salt on food, the point isn't to make the food taste like salt, right? The point is to make the food taste more like itself, whatever that is. And the corollary to that is that salt does its work not by drawing attention to itself, but by doing what? Disappearing into whatever it is flavoring. So, I mean, think about, you go to a nice restaurant, you order, I don't know, let's say pasta, right? The dish of pasta comes out. When it's placed before you, and we eat with our eyes first, right? You don't think, and let's assume that the dish is seasoned properly with salt, you don't think, oh my gosh, the salt looks so beautiful, right? Nor when you take your first bite, assuming it's seasoned properly, do you think, oh my gosh, the salt tastes so good you look at the plate and you say it looks like a beautiful dish of pasta and you taste it and you think it tastes like a beautiful dish of pasta the only times you pay attention to salt are when when there's too much or there's not enough, if there's too much you gag on the meal, if there's not enough then the food that was supposed to be flavored with salt doesn't taste as much like itself, does that make sense? So I think, for my money, and this is not my own idea, I honestly don't remember where I read it once, but I find that understanding or image or metaphor of salt as something that seasons something else to be incredibly helpful as I think about the life of faith. And so, you know, it, it's maybe obvious, but what we're talking about then is we're, we come here as Christians, um, you could say, to recharge our saltiness, our Jesus salt uh, through the sacraments, through worship, through life together, through service, through learning. And then what do we do? We go back out and disappear into the world with that salt of Jesus. Not to draw attention to ourselves and not necessarily even to draw attention initially to Jesus. But to do what? To make the world a better version of of itself. As I was reflecting on my message this uh, weekend, I was thinking, well, I should maybe have some examples of how this plays out. And like any other week at St. Philip the Deacon, examples presented themselves. There were three that I was thinking about uh, lifting up. Uh, Small, insignificant things that touched people's lives but that we would not all hear about. But then it occurred to me, you know, maybe we'll leave those alone. And just to reinforce the point that we do the work of God sort of invisibly as God's salt, um, I'm not going to lift him up. What I'm going to say instead, as we prepare for our annual meeting, which, by the way, is just after the 11 o'clock service later this morning, and it's always a wonderful time to reflect on what God has done in the last year through all of you, and what God will be doing in the future. All I want to say is, the world is a better place because of St. Philip the Deacon. And the world is a better place because of each one of you who are part of this family. And so today, I say to you, thank you, thank you, thank you for being the salt of the world. Thank you for helping to preserve the world. Thank you for helping to nourish the world And thank you for helping to heal the world. Will you join me in a word of prayer? Good and loving God, we give you thanks for drawing us together again as your children, your sons and daughters. We pray today that you will fill us with yourself so that we can go back out into the world and make it taste better. In all of this we pray in the holy name of Jesus. Amen.